Hello, plant planners, and welcome back to series three of the Plant Based Business Podcast, brought to you by us here at Feevolution. I'm Damien Clarkson, your co host and co founder at Feevolution, where right now we're busy building a new home of plant based innovators over at feevolution.com. So each week on this show, we explore what it takes to create and scale a great plant based business. We do this with the best and brightest entrepreneurs and investors who are busy building solutions for a better world. This week, I'm speaking to Mark and Bernard, founders of one of Europe's hottest alternative protein startups, Brera. Brera are simply a sensational business, and it's a real pleasure to explore the following topics and so much more in our conversation. We talk about the importance of mission, why culture matters, how they're creating the next generation of plant-based alternatives, and whilst when fundraising, your investors need to give you references. Judy and I actually met Mark in Bargaining in 2019 and we instantly knew he was a founder that we were going to follow closely and where were a company that were going to change the world. Sit back and enjoy. How you doing guys? Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, pleasure. Yeah, look, well, I wish we were in Barcelona. It's raining a lot here in London. <laughs> Maybe uh, we could uh, be all be sitting recording this on Mikhail's uh, uh, rooftop in another parallel dimension. But we'll come, we'll come on to that later. So on this show, as you know, we like to take it back to the beginning. We like to know a little bit about you guys, your backgrounds. And do you both feel you were always destined to become entrepreneurs? Um, on my side, I think we have very different stories, Mark and me. Um, I, I became an entrepreneur because I was like, trying to find my way into into the work world and I was always finding myself like putting a lot of effort in stuff that it was it was not having the impact I wanted so I was like okay let's study again and let's work again and I was always like six months experience not finding my way there and then it's where I met Mark that he was like he was starting this in a very like it was very far from being a reality yet but like he had this very great idea, plant-based meat. And I was like, wow. And at that moment I was like transitioning. I was vegetarian, but not vegan. And I was like, we need this. We need this to, to change the world quicker, to accelerate the change. And yeah, like from there, like we, we started and within two years before we launched like actually the product. Yeah. And, and Mark, what about you? Were you always interested in entrepreneurship? And where did, where did you guys meet? Where was it you actually met? We met in an entrepreneurship course. I went there with the plan base, made an Aneura idea, and, and we merged. Actually, <laughs> actually, I liked more his idea than mine. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to help this guy. And then, like, like, very naturally, we became friends, and I was just giving my opinion about his way of thinking into getting into this industry. And then at some point, very naturally, we married. Yeah, well, it is a marriage, isn't it? It's a, I actually did marry my uh, co-founder, GD. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really interesting. And what, out of interest, what was your, your idea, Bernard, the one that you ditched to work with Mark? I always been the, the guy organizing parties and like social events with my friends. And I was trying to find which tool these people need these social guys that organize stuff for other people, which tool might help them to, to organize better experiences. But it was very far from being a reality. Like I was in between like the European Parliament experience in the marketing team and doing a master's in the UK. So I had three months. It was not something that I was gonna make happen. 
but I was just interested in how to make things happen and I think this course actually helped me and obviously helped me to find Mark in the way. Yeah, of course, it was worth going just for that. No. And Damien, we, we got Marian from, from a business perspective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. He's, a, he's not on my side. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of uh, something really interesting there is obviously your very interesting community. And I think Quero as a brand is really a community when I look at it. You guys talk in a very, um, I would say, an inclusive language. And it's very much about us together and the change we're making. Was that something, you know, that from the very get-go was like a core of the of the business? Yeah, and, and it, it has a relation as well with the, the question that you were doing before. At the, at, at the end, when when I came to this idea and I met Bernard, I was coming from an activism background. When I was like a teenager, I was always been like a social entrepreneur. Uh, already like in, in high school, I remember that the bar closed and with other friends we managed it in order to get funds to, to do demonstrations and, and stuff. And, and instead of going to the university, I dedicate myself to animal rights and, and sustainable activism. I was like an undercover investigator and we perform international campaigns uh, in order to raise awareness about the, the challenge that livestock uh, brings into the world. And, and it got a point in, in my career as an activist that I felt no, that sometimes j just fighting um, what you there, there is a Cartesian quote that says uh, what you fight persists and what you accept is is transformed and I, I really admire the, the the role of technology into changing whole structures I remember that reading data about most of people that turn vegetarian or vegan and turn uh, um, turn again to eat animal products because there was a lack of offer and I thought okay this is an, a structural problem and, and let's see how we can bring technology into equation in in order in order to solve this so I, I'm saying all that because uh, at the end Eura is a mission-driven company that we found in technology the, the solutions to bring progress into the world when we think about the mission, in the top of it, it's, it's a protein transition that we want to push, the same that hap is happening in energy or in the automotive industry. We think that it has to happen in, in protein and the way that we want to do that is giving power to people and we do it from two perspectives. One is bringing consciousness and also creating these products. So that's why we have this approach because we are really... Uh, a social driven company it's not that we have a purpose that it's the purpose that created the, the company yeah and like yeah like from the very beginning we started uh just us and we knew like alone we couldn't like make a change we we wanted from the beginning had to have a great impact to be in supermarkets to be in restaurants and for that we needed people like asking like for these kind of options in Spain because four years ago we were very far from today in Spain like now like plant-based protein is almost everywhere at least in big cities but four years ago it was nowhere just some blocks of tofu in certain restaurants but that was all so we, we knew that we needed like thousands of people like not not behind but on our side like pushing into the same direction and yeah I think like 
it, it's it's crazy today we were talking about like when sometimes when I when we read the the messages the comments like I cry like I, we get very emotional because you see like we created what we wanted and like it's so difficult to find in companies sometimes because companies tend to be like to have like very like long walls and you cannot see inside and I think we need companies that are very transparent that are people human that com commit errors and they can say okay this was an error uh, yeah I'm sorry like let's continue pushing to the same direction yeah, I think it's really interesting because like you talked about there, companies traditionally, big companies, they put up their walls, right? And you only get these little like nuggets of communication that are fed out to kind of, that fit very nicely with their mission statement. But what you're talking about here is a collaborative process that you're going through with your, the customers, you know, the people in Spain and people across Europe and everywhere where you're selling your products now, where, you know, it's a conversation about how you can kind of iterate and improve what you're creating. Yes, and, and, and for us it's like being part of a movement that is broader and bigger than ourselves and try to do our part in accelerating it. We say that we want to change the world doing five things. At the end, creating products that you want to eat every day so they are super tasty, that, that you can eat every day so they have to be super nutritious, that you can purchase every day, the next challenge in price accessibility, and we want to do it from a global perspective, but also on something really important linking to that, having a relationship not from business consumer, but, but business partner in mission. And, and, and this is the way that, that we want to create, putting the product at the service of something bigger, that it's the need of a meat successor that links our traditions and what the food that we love with the challenges that we have and our current values. Uh, I absolutely love it. I love what you guys are building. And it, um, it's really interesting, obviously, from the outset, technology was really at the forefront of your thinking. You're like, you know, it wasn't, I'm going to create a plant-based meat company. I'm going to do it in my kitchen. You know, I'm going to use Satan. It was like, hey, actually, we're going to reinvent the protein system, basically. Uh, did, did you have a sort of techno science background, a technology background, either of you? We have an entrepreneurship background. Yeah. <laughs> and so you went and found the, you were like, we need a, we need some scientists to work with us to help us like build this technology. Yes, at, at, at the end, I think that entrepreneurship, it's about making visions happen, like having really clear where do you want to go and, and making things happen. So uh, I remember that it, it inspired us, uh, us a lot what was happening in the States and it's interesting that we came to this category, but with a Mediterranean mindset. At, at the end, it's, it's super interesting because it created a, another value proposition that, that it's needed in, in this uh, segment as well. We started a lot and uh, reading a lot of papers and looking for technology centers and manufacturers. We're starting a lot with the, the structuring of proteins. That's why we ended up in high moisture extrusion and we started with the poultry products that was our, our first product. But we did it in a way of, of the Mediterranean way. No? When we think about the cuisines that we value the most, there, there is the, the Mediterranean and, and one of the cultures with more longevity is the Mediterranean culture as well. So we, we have this Mediterranean approach to link taste and also health when we conceived a product. So that 
why the nutritionals and, and the label of the product were shorter and, and high quality. And we are bringing it to all the different verticals of, of meat. And that's why we created also this revolutionary fat system that allows us to have 85% less saturated fat than beef and, and more than 60% less fat. But it's awesome because it's high content of protein per calorie and, and well, uh, in England you say uh, an apple a day uh, keeps the doctor away, so we can say right now a hamburger a day, I want a hamburger keeps the doctor away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think here, like Mark pointed something very, very interesting, like we, there were a lot of things happening in the US, like and companies like Beyond and Impossible and all these guys, like they've done the first step and like we always talk about them as allies like they just made the first step because without them maybe we'd not be today here and I think it's it's so interesting to see all these all these companies and I think it's something that's getting organized in Europe some companies we start to talk to each other and to understand that we are not like just one company trying to change the world we are a lot of companies and we have to work together because we have the yeah. same challenges it's so important. And, you know, I think we forget how quickly all of this has happened. And you talked about Spain four years ago. Like, I remember going on holiday to Spain four years ago and being driving 15 miles to get a block of tofu because, you know, that, that's the situation, you know, especially outside the cities. Um, but the, the whole thing of like, okay, there's a whole movement of us. And, you know, we're building together. And, you know, without Beyond and Impossible, there, there probably wouldn't be a Huera. You know, and it's it's um it's really important we have that front and center because ultimately we're trying to take on the meat industry, the dairy industry, factory farming, you know, and tackle the climate crisis and save the lives of billions of animals. That's that's the mission, and you know we need to completely transform all the supermarket shelves, and it's going to need all of us because you know people want variety, the people want different things, and everyone offers something slightly different. So I think um. As more we get organized, so that we're organized there as a as a as entrepreneurs and as leaders of a movement, I think the better we're going to be served because you know I think we're probably in a position where lobbying for plant based businesses will probably start happening because you know there's a lot of lobbying going on for the meat industry and dairy industry in Europe. You know, um, we need to get more organized, <laughs> and we're lucky we've got people like the Good Food Institute and people like that who are starting to fight our corner. You know, but it's something that it's happening. Like I think two months and a half ago, or three months, we started the European Alliance of Plant-Based Foods. So it's in Brussels. So we have a team, like different, like different companies. We organize this. Like from there is Beyond, for example. They are from mm -hmm. the US, but they're still there. Oldly and the Good Food Institute, Probatch, Eura, and many more. Like planted there are many more from Europe and we are all organizing our energy resources to to bring this debate to the European Union institutions because they are needed we don't need to discuss if it's called a disc or or a burger we have to discuss how we make this cheaper better more sustainable like democratize it these are the challenges not the naming yeah oh yeah so so important that's great great to hear that and where can people go and find out about that is their website yeah that? I think it's called yeah, plum-based uh, alliance. No, European, alliance. Hmm? European plum-based plum alliance. Google it. Google it. You'll find it. <laughs> that's that's really really um 
great to hear. And just to sort of bring it back to your your journey, like you you've achieved so much really quickly. Like it, you know, Mark. Like I was saying, we saw you like fourteen months ago, and you've moved things along so fast. Like, what do you think have been some of the key decisions you made within the first couple of years of this business that have enabled you to you know scale so quickly and you know have the impact you're having? I think that we are. Well, I don't feel like we are achieving so much. We are think I thinking that we are like in the beginning of something that can be as awesome. But that when we get the perspective of the meat industry or or, or other food companies, we are a little ant in the the, the animal industry. Um, at at the end, I think that we have a competitive advantage. That it's we are mission driven. So we are always. Well, there is this sentence that I, I love a lot, that if you have a why, you will find a how. And at the end, what's pushing us and giving the energy is how to accelerate this protein transition. And we think from this perspective, okay, what's, which are the barriers of entry? What it's what will make that meat consumers want to start eating these products. And that's where we bring our energy in creating better products, make them more available and raise more consciousness about the problem. And what we were saying before, at the end it's, it's about leadership, it's about bringing visions to solve this problem. And we also don't want to confront with the meat industry. What we want to explain is there is an opportunity here. It's about how we are uh, harvesting protein and bringing protein to the table. And, and there is a big opportunity for the meat industry as well. And from the beginning, in, in Spain, we have been in big conferences in the meat industry trying to share the secrets with them to, to make them be part of this necess- necessary change. They already have the factories. And, and, and what we want is to inspire a better way of, of doing things. And I think to make this happen, I think there is a key aspect we put a lot of effort from the very beginning. It was culture, like company culture, because this, all these words that Mark is saying, it doesn't make sense if we don't have a culture that pushes this. So I think, I don't know, Marianne, like the, the first uh, human resources person in, in the company was maybe the seventh or the eighth yes. uh, person in the team. And some people were saying, why you put a human resources person now? You should put a sales force and it was like no no it will be so important to work on culture because then we will attract all these people that are game changers and they will come because they want to be part of this and i think now we can we start to have like harvest all this all this work there are a lot of people very mission driven people that want to change the world and they put the energy here and and they make these like words happen because we have 37 people already like pushing this and next year will be wow. more than, than 100. At the end, yes, something key with what Bernard is saying, it's we embrace the culture of innovation. We, think we really embrace the term startup because we want to be exponential and we want to be exponential because we want to be transformative and understand all the value of the supply chain and bring better solutions that make the current problems obsolete. And it's, it's about that. It's about pushing better, better things. And it's an, an, an iterative thing. So at, at the end, it's like pushing this mindset about not being non-conformist and, and striving for better. 
absolutely love how you've placed culture right in the center of your business. And I think, you know, I speak to some of your team and stuff and they all just have such an amazing outlook. They're so collaborative. They're just really positive. And I think that sort of obviously comes from you guys because that's your your personalities. And when you're, how do you find these people and how do you kind of um, know someone's a whoever kind of uh, employee? How What qualities are you looking for in them? Because recruitment, you know, when you're a company sort of in scaling up phase, you know, so we said you're at 37 now, if you get it wrong between 12 and 37, you're you're in a lot of trouble you're in a lot of trouble because you know when you've got 10 12 people you can manage that it's very easy to keep the the value chain i guess of like your values as founders kind of quite tight but when you go beyond that you know you you know you can't you it probably is very hard for you now to speak to everyone in the office every day right 37 people maybe like you it's tough how do you find those qualities what 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 is it you're looking for well we have been, we have already three years in, in the market, so we committed a lot of mistakes and we could learn from that. And I think that it's super important, like keep learning and keep learning from the mistakes that, that you do. But at, at the end, it's in a certain point, we committed the, the, the mistake of looking on prioritizing experience than mindset. And, and, and we learned that lesson and right now we want to first make sure that we are very aligned in the way that we see the world and, and we see culture and from there look for someone with experience to tackle the, the, the challenge. But it's, it's about hiring a slow and improving the methodology that will give you security that there is a match. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think something we... we we speak a lot it's like we we look for and there are many coming for that that come because of the project not the position itself this is very important because it, it changes the way you ask in interviews as well and the and you are very transparent like you might not be doing the same because this company is like will grow a lot teams will grow a lot and We'll, we'll find if, if you marry a project you will be part of this but if you marry a position it yeah, it might be obsolete in a, in a year and a half. Yeah, for sure, because your needs change as a business. You know, you're now developing, like your case, you know, you're now developing this burger with this incredible new technology to make it low fat, but you, you're going to need different people for that project than maybe you needed two, two years ago. So um, I think that's such a great a great tip for people to take away from, from this interview. And, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was the products you create. They're really high quality, the ones that I've had. You know, it's, it's incredible. Like, but how do you go about finding... Because you guys... Do you guys use a co-manufacturer, a co-packer, as opposed to making it all yourself in-house? Keeping improving. At the end, our business model through innovation, we have our own lab and pilot plant. So there we developed our recipes and the technology and, and also the process. And, and from there, we have all the recipes mixed in in a co-manufacturer and from there to different manufacturers that we work with depending of, of the production line. So at the end, uh, we have a strong food technology team where we are able to bring this mindset about, okay, how we develop systems that have this approach and this value proposition of this Mediterranean perspective. And that's why our products are, have amazing nutritionals, have a shorter and label of ingredients and 
and well, it's it's about the team at the end. We yeah. we are blessed of, of having amazing people working here and striving to do better. And I think that is something that maybe um, it really goes back to your initial point about technology that that was a priority and you know you've got your in-house team of scientists and food technologists you know engineering what you do and then they're taking it to the manufacturers to, to scale things up rather than because I think sometimes you know in a rush to create products entrepreneurs we can be like okay I've got a great idea let's just go and find a manufacturer this is what we want to make can you make it and for some products that are more simplistic I guess that can can work but you know what you're talking about here is a whole protein chain revolution. We're trying to completely redevelop how things taste, how they feel, how how they are for your body. So it makes sense that you would prioritize that in your business. And it's, it's really interesting. But to this is the awesome part about plant-based meat. No? When you look at meat from animals, it's really difficult to improve it because it's already done. And, and the amazing part of plant-based meat is that you create all the systems and, and you can improve the product from many different areas and, and that's what will be exciting into the future that there will be a lot of different visions about you can how can you create a product that will be part of of the shelves. It's it's you can improve nutritionals and improve taste and lower cost and it's something impossible almost to do with animal animal meat and, and that's why it's a, a a technological problem. Animals, it's an, an obsolete way to, to get protein. So at, at the end is how we are pushing this protein transition, putting technology in the center and technology that can put our values inside. Yeah, no, it's it's, in, it's incredible. And um, obviously in Barcelona, you have Nova Meat as well. Uh, Giuseppe's on uh, the po- this series of the podcast and, you know, the stuff they're doing with like fibrous... Uh, extrusion micro extrusion isn't it it's called uh yeah it's really interesting i think we're just i don't know if you guys get people come up to you and say am i too late to start a a plant-based business you know a plant-based meat company what, what's your take on that well it's it's not late for sure when we look at, at, at the overall industry it's less than two percent of meat in the most countries less than one percent plant-based in some countries more than milk is more than 20%, so the opportunity is super big and, and what we need is more entrepreneurs that dare and jump to to bring this revolution that the world needs. Yeah, and like, I think Mark mentioned it before a bit, but I think there were many options coming from different countries and there were no options coming from the Mediterranean. And we think differently about food and it's, it's good to have different options because options like bring you freedom and we needed like a Mediterranean plant-based meat company like bringing Mediterranean style products around the world and like for showing these terms we did we were not late because we were, there was no one doing that but anyway there is a lot of work to do so uh, yeah. we need many more companies entrepreneurs and like people like pushing this harder so we can make these statistics that say on 2040 less than 50% of the meat will be animal and make it even like 70 or 80 or 90, like accelerate. That'd be nice, you know, maybe in 2040, we can uh, we can sit down and have a Huera burger and talk about how we did it. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, I think it's really interesting. It's a point about local champions, really. You know, you guys are sort of the local champion of, of Spain, you know, and you're taking your culture of Mediterranean food to 
different countries and you know like you said in places like america right there are some really great big companies but you know every every country has its own food culture and i think if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur you tap into that and there's an opportunity there like we need more more companies like you guys for sure um so i want to sort of come on to expansion and distribution of products and you know obviously bernard you're you're due to move to the uk uh, in 2021 when covid uh, gets better and we can hang out um so like, how are you going about expanding into new markets what's your strategy are you using distributors uh yeah i'd love to love to know what, what's going on well at, at the end this concept about how we believe in food we want to make it global and and next year you will see us with a strength in in england in france in in italy in mexico we are already in entering to China, we are already in Singapore, in Hong Kong, in Chile. So we are doing the first steps into creating something global. And I think something key that brought us to the moment we are today in Spain, it's community, as before we were mentioning. And what we want to do is create communities, local communities in all the countries that we want to push harder and we want to have like an impact. So we will bring this community building strategy also to the UK, to France, Italy, obviously continuing in Spain, and then to the main markets we want to be in. And I, I think this, is, this should be the way. We cannot just now send pallets abroad because it's not our way to do things because we have two products. One is the product itself, but the other one is consciousness. And this consciousness will come from these community builders. So I think this, this is a... A point we are making obviously it's like a test because it's something I guess more or less new but let's see I think it is the right way to to expand it in the way we create this in Spain it's probably not a very good parallel but something that jumped to my mind was uber and the way Uber expanded they and uh, they had to sort of city managers they would send there who would sort of hire the hire the drivers but set up the culture and kind of like get the get the old office running so i think that you know you're talking about here not just sending pallets and it's about actually we're going to go and take our culture to the world and you know and that's why you're going to move to the uk and and represent that here yeah so it's it's really interesting i think it's um it may be the kind of a more expensive option but ultimately it's about being part of the food culture of those countries you go to rather than just kind of we're here for a few years, we sell some food and, you know, that's that. But you want to sort of be a part of understanding and, yeah. And, and that's the key point, that we don't want to be a, a cool brand in the market. We want to be transformative and we think from a, the long-term perspective. So when we create the products, we understand the, the barrier entries that are there for, for new consumers and, and also the the content uh, barriers that are there. Most of people... Uh, don't know yet the the problem of livestock from a health environment and animal perspective. So we want to bring that to the table as well, and and, and it's super important for us. And it's amazing that um, the account of in of Instagram in Spanish, like it's a much a, a conscientious machine. And I think that Bernard, there you can explain a lot because you're managing it. No, I think like. People need information. People seek information, not need. People want this information. And the thing is, like, it, it's dark. 
the information about the food system now. People don't know it. And people, when they start to know, they want to know more. And if you, exactly, if you check our Instagram, we don't talk a lot about ourselves. We talk a lot about the issue we face and how to face it together. And this is not about being perfect, but making steps like ahead. And like, we want to be part of this like progression, let's say. Uh, yeah, and we want to bring this around the world. I love that. You know, it's what it's actually why me and Judy create Fevolution was because we felt that the movement needed to be more inclusive and, you know, we needed to talk about the big issues, but in a positive way, you know, sort of going back to Mark, your experience of being an undercover activist and, you know, it's, it's really hard emotionally and mentally. I think for people who do that, I have so much respect for them. But, you know, I think if you communicate negatives to people, it can be quite depressing and sad. And I think what you guys are doing, like you say, is communicating positives. Yeah, we're all going for a journey. And part of that journey is grief, you know, of understanding these big issues that we, we face. But, you know, um, together we can overcome them. And I think, like, creating that supportive environment, like you're doing, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, it's really nice. I really love it. It's that. about give, giving power. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. like, sometimes I say empowering the community that at some day this community sees something like that we are not aligned with what we always said and says look guys i'm not buying your product more because it's not what you said i have the power now and now like you don't like you don't have the values i want so i buy another company that is doing best okay yeah it's, uh, it's like what happened to oatly right like um oatly with the black uh, blackstone stuff you know that Oatly were sponsor of Evolution in the early days and you know I think they did such a great job with their packaging and messaging of really having that activist voice and the change making we're changing the industry for us but you know to raise a 200 million pound uh, fundraising raise you know and you know they've they've taken money from big uh, corporate finance but then they're sort of a lot of their fans and, you know, I guess sort of early adopters felt kind of portrayed, betrayed by that. So um, it's a tricky one, isn't it, to navigate that that whole, like, how do you scale and grow? But, you know, staying true to your values and it's something we're all going to have to work out. The challenge of the pioneers and the, the ones that make transformations are big. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not an easy way. Um, one of the things I love about what you do is your branding and packaging. Super lightweight. It's very low on plastic. It's, um, I think the branding is really powerful. Like, what's, how did you come up with the whole brand, the branding that you do? I think from, from the beginning, we wanted to be the Mediterranean plant-based. And if you, if you check all the elements in the packaging, the color, like, the elements like graphic elements you can like check so many mediterranean like things in there and at the end like we we imagine in the future in the very near future and in certain supermarkets it's already like that there are many options like even next to meat and we want to be very bright there and that's bright in a way of like sunshine that actually is the inspiration of the color, the sunshine of the Mediterranean. And we we want to like, I don't know how to say, but like shine at the end in the middle of all this like... Gloom. <laughs> yeah, sunshine's the word that comes to my mind when I think of your food. And, and at the end, it's the holistic approach. We, 
we want to be a definitive solution, not a solution that creates another problem. And that's our perspective and we bring it to everything, to nutritionals, to packaging. So that's the way we think. And, and well, the, the yellow also is the color of optimism. And this is this positivity is something that we want to bring to the world, the positivity of, of the solutions. No, and, and something that also like was part of it, like we had discussions of if we have to have a packaging that was more close to meat, like trying to be very, very like meat with the same elements. And we always talk about not being an alternative or a substitutive, but a successor. So to be a successor, you don't have to be exactly the same. You have to have your own identity. So we think this is the identity of a successor, or at least is what we thought at that moment when we decided for this branding. And he, like... That, that's the reason behind like why we choose the yellow, why we choose the elements we choose um, and everything. I love that. Succession. It's about succession. I, I absolutely love that, that terminology. Um, so I heard a little rumor on the grapevine about you guys. It's not a bad one. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> no, I heard of, you know, um, obviously you've raised some money from uh, obviously Mikhail Fandrusen, who's the investor and partner in Evolution. Chris Kerr, you know, the guys at New Crop Capital, fantastic, fantastic mission aligned uh, investors. I heard that you guys ask people for references if they want to invest in your company. Is that true? Yeah, it's that true. <laughs> at the end, uh I told you before, we, we think from a long-term perspective, we are not doing it to go away soon, but to really onboard partners that can help us to create this transformation together. So at the end, it's a similar process like hiring, but, and, and we take it this, this seriously, but yeah. it's, it's even uh, heavier than hiring because if you are the, the aligned in any process, at the end, you can uh, decide to let go of that person, but an investor doesn't go this way. So you have to really, really make sure that you are really aligning values and in the way of seeing the world. That, yeah, I absolutely love that. When I heard that, I was like, this is amazing. These guys are like, they're just so like, when we're here on a mission, we're letting only the best, the best people in. And have you had any investors turn around and say, uh, no, like basically, I'm not doing that. But at, at the end, it's starting a real relationship. When yeah. you go to an investor, they do a due diligence to you. So it's understanding that you are creating something in, in, on the same level. At, at the end, for me, it's not so weird because I want to do my due diligence to you as well and, and create some, something um, between each part. I love it. I think it's amazing. And um, I think it's probably why you have such a great group of investors behi behind you and um, helping you on your mission. So we're coming towards the end of the standard part of the interview. But I just want to know, like, what are some of the innovations you're working on? Like, obviously, you talked about the, the amazing fact you developed for the burger. What can we expect to see from Huera in 2021? So something amazing about the, the fat system is that when you think about lipids, the most healthy lipid in the world, the most healthy fat is olive oil, extra virgin, but um, it's, it's form, it's, it's liquid, a difference to saturated fat because the olive oil is unsaturated. So the, the, the challenge that we have is how to make it perform like a saturated fat. 
like coconut oil or other kind of fats that works really well for production because it's stable at room temperature and when it uh, has increased the temperature it melts. So this system will be super revolutionary because we will bring it to, to the whole uh, range of products creating a very uh, well much healthier products and, and this innovation it's a really big innovation that we will be able to bring to, to the different uh, levels of products. So right now we are thinking from the categories of, of chicken, beef and pork and there you will see in, in the next month that we will create the portfolio of the most preferred meat products in this category but with this successor approach. Love it. Amazing. Can't wait to see it. Please send me some. Uh, I'll be messaging Irene and making sure she's uh, she's sending us some. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you guys, you said you obviously listen to the podcast, so you know about our quick fire question round. So I'm gonna maybe if you maybe if you alternate on these, so um, one of you answers one and the other one answers the other. So you can choose who goes first. The first one is why do you get up in the morning? Uh, I have to say I wake up for breakfast. It's my favorite moment of the day. But I think. <laughs> I think, and yesterday I was watching, like, I, I sound very adolescent, but I was watching for the second time the last episode of 13 Reasons Why. And there is a moment at the very, very end that uh, Clay, the main character, says, life is spectacular. Even though if, like, all these bad things that happen to him, like, he ends up saying, life is spectacular. And I think, like, what we have, life, the planet, and everything, when you are surrounded by the good, it's a spectacle and we have to take care of it. And I, I would say I wake up for breakfast because I love it. But I think I also wake up to, to try to, to make like a positive impact in everything we can. Oh, I love that. That's really nice. Life is spectacular and we should definitely all treasure that, especially, you know, with what's happened this year. It's more important than ever. Um, so what problems are you trying to solve for your business? Well, the protein challenge that we face, livestock as, as a source of proteins, it's the challenge that we are trying to overcome. I, I would I, I would go a bit like sharper there. I want to <laughs> save barbecues. Um, the next question is what top what are your top three books or po or podcasts you recommend to entrepreneurs? Your podcast, obviously. As we said before, <laughs> we all, we always like recommend it to all the new employees because I think it's a good way to to get an understanding, broad understanding. Um. I always, I would say, The Little Prince, and I, I know it's it's not the typical book you would recommend here, but I think it for me, when, when I'm very inside my box and it's difficult to get out of it, I read The Little Prince and I say, God, like, go back to, like, thinking differently, like, you're a child, like, think like a child, you can, and I think it is it is a very inspiring book, and, and then I have many more, but... but if you want to say uh, one. <laughs> in my case, I, I really uh, love all the ecosystem of plant-based podcasts. Uh, I, I hear them a lot. And, well, th there are many amazing. Uh, as a book, I will say Man's Search of Meaning of Viktor Frankl. And I think that it's an amazing inspiration about how purpose, it's, it's, it's so important. I, and I feel that this is, it, it can be a superpower. And I think that it's all, also super important for any entrepreneur to, to build from a, a purpose. And lately I'm, I'm reading a lot about Stoicism. Stoicism, okay, yeah. So the uh, Marcus Aurelius kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think most entrepreneurs get to a point where like, 
We need to get into the stoics. Great. Um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started Twitter? Wow. Well, I. Sometimes when you start, it, well, it's to leave the fear away, because sometimes you, you go slower than than you could, because sometimes certain fears stop you. So. Uh, something that we work a lot to push this innovation culture and to understand risk and failure as, as a part of learning. And it's, it sounds like uh, something super easy to say, but embracing, really embracing that, I think that it's transformative. And, and right now, I think that I have a different perspective than at the beginning. Yeah, and something that changed a lot in my perspective is the way I look at companies. But before, because of like being very activist and like sometimes criticizing too much and not like bringing solutions, and now I see companies as like like transformative. They can transform societies in a positive. And like for sure, like four years ago, or five years, uh, I was thinking like companies are the problem. And now I see like no companies should be the solution. They go much faster than institutions. <laughs> you know, what? I I actually had exactly the same experience. You know, I was very activisty in my sort of twenties uh, and. Um, I sort of had the mindset that, you know, maybe companies were the problems, but actually <laughs> that companies make things go faster and come up with solutions. I've totally realized that. And it's amazing that I feel very grateful that I did realize that. And you can find so much fulfillment through, through, you know, finding, pursuing a mission like you guys are. Um, so what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome so far of your business? Well, learning, learning, learning and implementing this, the, what you learn, always implementing and improving. I think that it's, it's like being relentless and, and in order to scale, I think that it, it's important. So I think that I, I started to see myself more like a high performance athlete and, and go towards that. And I think that it has been something to embrace, to have the, the mentally health to to go with a smile to all the challenges. Yeah, I love that. There's um actually another podcast called the High Performance Podcast, and they speak to athletes about, you know, and business people as well about high performance. And um, one of our friends has a company called Heights, and Mikhail's going to laugh when he listens to this because I'm always talking about them. Uh, but they do like a, a vegan brain supplement that has all the kind of um, all the uh, omegas, everything you need in there. Uh, and blueberries and all sorts of amazing stuff. And Dan Murray, who runs it, is an incredible entrepreneur. But it's about, you know, having that mindset of a high-performance person because ultimately managing nearly 40 people, you have to be, yeah, on it. <laughs> and, and lastly, what do you both do to keep yourself sane? What keeps you sane? For me, nature. Um, I live very close to, to the sea. And sometimes when I feel so overwhelmed and stressed, just go there and sit and look. Just, just that. <laughs> I, I like, I like to laugh and don't take myself very seriously. And also, yeah, and also swim. Yeah, I would swim. say, I would say sport as well. Like sport, like it. When I do more sport and yoga, I feel a better person. And sometimes I forget this because of the daily basis routine and like work, work, work. And it's so important to do it because it makes you better. It does make it better. Yoga makes you better. I definitely can, can agree more. Well, look, 
guys that's the end of the podcast it's such a pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for all your work you're doing you know for the global community of of, of all of us or all, all of us as people and the animals and the planet so yeah big thanks from from me and and lot, we have a lot of respect for you and we're looking forward to next year when we can hopefully get together in in person and you know um catch up properly so lastly where can people buy wherever how can they get in touch with you how can they join the community well in, in many countries they can buy it already but on our website which is eurafoods.com there is a map with all the points of sale so there but i would say first go to our instagram and check the information check if you like share our values and i think like we're looking for more um partners in mission than people that buy our product so like go to add era foods in any of the main platforms and there you can find us yeah and if um, you're an investor and you're listening to this and you want to kind of see if you make the grades to invest in you guys how do they get in touch do they find your linkedin or you know through the website yeah through the website they can write at us and we'll be happy to talk with them yeah great well, look Thanks, guys. It was such a pleasure, and um, we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, Damien here, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Plant-Based Business Podcast brought to you by us here at Feevolution. So if you head on over to feevolution.com, you can join our community of investors and startups and people building solutions to a brighter future. And if you enjoyed this show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a positive review. It really helps us in getting the message out there and getting more people to discover all the positive stories that we're sharing. You can, of course, give us a social media share. Please tag us at Feevolution. We're on all the social media channels. And you can email me at damien at feevolution.com if you want to reach out directly. Uh, we love hearing from you, you listening to the podcast. I'm honestly amazed at all the messages we receive and you know, it really gives us the encouragement to keep making this show for you. And um, all your feedback is always appreciated. And as always, a big thank you to Bridie Addison Child, who edits this podcast, and for all our guests and all of you, our listeners, for supporting the show. So thank you, and until the next time, bye.